Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Let's go to the scripture this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. First Corinthians 2. Oh, I forgot to mention, today's also a special baptism day. It's Polar Bear Sunday. <laughs> baptism Sunday. Hey, come on, you got to put a good spin on everything, right? The heating element is burned up. They ordered it. It still didn't come in this week. So if you'd like to take the polar plunge, if you're just a little bit more hardcore than the average guy, if you want to show us how tough you are and you need to be baptized, that water's cold, y'all. I ain't going to lie. But we will baptize you today in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come. This is what Paul says. I didn't come to you with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. Because I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Here's how he did come. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, come on somebody, but on God's power. Paul said, I didn't come to you trying to preach with fancy words, with eloquent uh, phrases. He said, my message was not with persuasive words. I don't want you to rest on human wisdom. Paul said, I came to you preaching with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Everybody say the Spirit's power. That's what I want to talk to you today about, the Holy Spirit's power. Now, the roll call of the miracles and the working of the Holy Spirit so far this year has been extraordinary. Amen. For just, for example, just a few examples. Water baptisms. For five straight weeks, we've had multiple baptisms. On uh, January 14th, eight were baptized. January 15th, one was baptized. January 21st, 31 baptized. January 28th, 10 were baptized. Uh, January the, uh, February the 4th, nine were baptized. Last Sunday, 17 were baptized. Amen. Come on, to God be the glory. We've had miracles of healings. I've heard so many reports the last two weeks. I almost had a testimony service today. I was going to have people come up here and tell you their stories. It's been phenomenal what God has been doing, amen, in, in, in our services. The Holy Spirit baptisms, there have been dozens. We, didn't, we can't even count how many people have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the last six weeks at Life Church. Come on, to God be the glory, amen. Dozens have received it during altar calls. Several came up out of the waters of baptism, speaking in other tongues. Amen. Now, if you got baptized today, you might have stammering lips, but I don't know if it's the Spirit or the cold water doing it. Amen. 
There were people who were standing in line waiting to get baptized that got filled with the Holy Spirit. There were, last Sunday, I got phone calls uh, this week. Two people were watching the 11 o'clock service and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in their living rooms. Come on, somebody. God is at work. There have been people repenting of their sins. There are people that have been accepting the Lord who were not Christians until now. Dozens who have begun brand new walks with Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, I think we ought to just pause and clap our hands and thank God for what he's doing right now. Come on, somebody. I've gone through years of dead church. I'm going to get excited about a little bit of a live church. Oh, Holy Ghost, help us today. Come on, somebody. Yes. Last Sunday, our evangelist, Pastor Suarez, preached about continuing to fan the flames of revival in the 9 o'clock service. And then you didn't hear it because most of y'all were here at 11. And then at 11, you know what happened last week. The power of God swept into this house, amen, and there was no preaching. By the way, there is scriptural precedent for that when the glory cloud would come in and there were times that they could not even minister because of the presence of the Lord. We had that last week. And while I was standing right there in the altar, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, next week and from this day forward, do not return to business as usual. Yeah, you see, y'all feeling it too. Come on, somebody. Come on, there's enough business as usual going on in the world. We need Holy Spirit power every time we come into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you, when you come to church, don't come with a normal expectation. Don't just return to altar calls as usual or worship services as usual. Let's continue to expect a demonstration of the Spirit's power when we come together. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, we ought to expect healings when we come to church. Can I get a little help in the house? Amen. We ought to expect deliverance from addiction and demonic oppression when you come to the house of the Lord. We ought to expect that the scripture is true, that he who the Son is set free is free indeed. Come on. We ought to expect people to get saved. We ought to expect believers to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We ought to expect addictions to be broken and depression to be lifted. Come on, somebody. We need to change our expectation. Now, let me say something specific about depression. I felt like the Lord told me this morning to say this. And I said it at 9 o'clock. I'm going to say it again now. I don't know if it was for 9 o'clock or if it's for somebody here or somebody who's watching online. But I want to say something about depression because it's a complex load that people who suffer with it have to carry. If you've never been depressed, you won't appreciate what I'm talking about. But is there anybody in this house, you don't have to raise your hand, you've experienced depression, you know what it's about, or you know somebody, can you just say amen? amen. Now I'm glad that we have discovered some things in the church about depression. Amen. I'm glad that we have discovered that counseling can help depression, and it is not a sign of weakness if you're going to get some counsel. Come on, Christians. I'm glad we finally figured that out. I'm also glad that we understand that sometimes when you are in a cloud, you need somebody to help navigate you out of it. You do. 
It's like driving in fog. Sometimes you need somebody to take you by the hand and help show you the way out. That's all right. I'm glad we've also learned that sometimes medicine can help depression. Amen. Can I get amen? amen? Come on. You take your blood pressure pills and your cholesterol pills. Come on, somebody. Sometimes people do need medication and it can help them because there are physical and hormonal issues that need to be addressed occasionally. It can help people find balance again. I'm glad we finally figured that out and accept that in the church. But I also want to remind you that as this pendulum is swung to accepting this and not treating people who are depressed like there's something wrong with their spirituality, I also want to say we got to be careful to remember there is also a spiritual element to depression. Come on, church. That we need to make sure we don't forget about because the devil does not fight fair. A spirit of fear, for example, can lead you to depression. Amen. The devil will exploit your pain. He will exploit your confusion. If he can get you to take your eyes off of Jesus for even a second, and you know what he likes to do? He will pile on you. When life happens and try to bury you in your darkness, somebody shout it with me. The devil is a liar. Devil is a come on, somebody. Also, there is anxiety and worry that can come from the enemy. And if, we don't, if we're not careful and we don't reject it, we will embrace it and personalize it. And hear me. You can't always counsel some of that stuff away. You can't prescribe all of that away. Sometimes what you need, and I need to tell somebody this, you need a fresh encounter with the mighty counselor. You need a fresh encounter with the Prince of Peace, amen? Because only Jesus can give you peace that passes all understanding, amen? So we've got to understand there is power that comes when the Spirit is demonstrated in our life. Not just with depression. We Self-awareness is so important. But hear me. We need to have a spiritual self-awareness of where we are with God. The old song is true. All to Jesus I surrender. All to thee I freely give. I will ever love and trust you. In your presence daily live. See, we need that in our lives. You and I need the Spirit's power in our lives. A daily, fresh anointing. A demonstration of God's authority in us. Now, the scripture that I read to you this morning was written by the Apostle Paul. And other than Jesus himself, Paul was probably the most uh, prominent person, I think, in the entire New Testament. Amen? He was amazing. He was the man who was the voice to the Gentiles. His life mission was to take the gospel to the world. He wrote many of the books in the New Testament. He, uh, he communicated to the churches and he established many of them by writing letters. We call those epistles. And the passage that I read you to this morning was one that he wrote to the church in Corinth. Corinth was the Corinthian church was one that Paul founded. He spent about a year and a half with them. And he began this letter by reminding them of his authority to speak to them. And then he started addressing some of the issues that they were dealing with. And I want you to notice, this is what Paul said. He said that God's power and wisdom is always greater than the wisdom of man. Always. Here's what he said, 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, everybody say us. us. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Hallelujah. Come on. The message of the cross, the death, 
the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus is the power of God. He said that God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Why? So that nobody can boast. So that none of us can take credit for it. He told them that why he didn't come to them. He didn't come to them with eloquence. He didn't come to them with human wisdom. But he said, instead, I came with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Now hear me, I'm not trying to throw shade on anyone or any church But I'm going to tell you this. I feel it's very sad that that's where a lot of Christian churches have ended up today. Amen. Many churches and many pulpits across America, they're preaching to people more to impress them than to impact them. Amen. Paul would call it wise and persuasive words. Instead of what? A demonstration of the Spirit's power. Powerful, anointed, spirit-led preaching has been replaced with, as Paul said, eloquence or human wisdom. But people, hear me folks, people want to experience the power of God. I said people want to experience the power of God, amen. Now I know why a lot of churches have programmed out the power of God. Because it gets a little weird sometimes. It gets a little unusual sometimes. Sometimes when God shows up, the unexpected happens. But can I stop and ask, when did we start programming God out of our church services? See, it's even hard to clap, amen? See, what we've done is we've tried to make church so appealing to the masses that we've forgotten. It's not about eloquent wisdom. It's not about good words. It's about the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Every time we come together. Now hear me. To be clear, preaching doesn't have to be loud to be powerful. Amen. It doesn't have to be ignorant or dumbed down in order to be anointed. Amen. But what we need more than fancy sermons and perfectly scripted and structured worship sets is a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. What you've been enjoying, the power of God, we need to have that every time we come to church. Let me try it again. Every time we come to church. Come on, we ought to expect somebody to get their healing. We ought to expect somebody to get their deliverance. We ought to expect somebody to be set free. We ought to expect somebody to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We ought to expect it, a demonstration of the power of God. Hallelujah. Come on, we need to have church where sometimes you go home and your hair is messed up. You got mascara streaks running down your face. Amen. Your shirt tail is hanging out. Come on, somebody. Because God just moved in this place. Hallelujah. Say, well, that's a little unorthodox. Well, when you read the New Testament, the whole thing is unorthodox. Sick people getting healed. Dead being raised to life. Deaf heirs being unstuck. Demons being cast out of people and going into pigs. Who ever heard of such nonsense? The Bible. Come on. All kinds of crazy stuff happening. Amen. The book of Acts. All kinds of amazing things happening. We still need to have a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I came to you in weakness. 
Not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Here's what 1 Corinthians 2 and 4 from the, in, the New Century Version, he said, I came with proof of the power that the Spirit gives. King James, he said, I came but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. New Living Translation, he said, I came but I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to understand Every church service ought to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, every altar call ought to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. When you go about your daily business on the job or, or at school or just living your, your life, you need to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. We need it more than fancy sermons. We need it more than anything else. We need the power of the Spirit. Now understand, we do need to be culturally relevant. We do need to be engaged with current events. We do need to be involved in our communities. But I want to tell you, I also believe that the church can be spiritual and powerful without being weird. Amen? Now, you might already think, man, this is already weird. What is he talking about? Amen. No, I can tell you some weird stuff. Come on. I believe that we can be culturally relevant and countercultural at the same time as the church. Come on, somebody, without compromising the gospel. I believe we can preach and teach things that help people in every area of their life and still have the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe that. See, because Paul could have impressed them with his knowledge. Paul was no dummy. Amen. Paul could have blown them away with his knowledge, but he didn't. He could have wowed them with his credentials, but he didn't. Instead, he said, I came to you in weakness. Not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. A demonstration of the Spirit's power. I want to remind you of the words of Joel, the prophet, chapter 2, verse 28. He said, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servant and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I'm going to tell you, folks, what has been happening around here of late, what's been happening around here for quite a while, actually, amen, is we're trying to let God out of the box. Because a genuine move of the spirit is not a construct of man. Amen. We have to let God have his way. The world doesn't need more eloquent preachers. They don't need more polished sermons. We don't need the latest and the greatest worship. We just need a move of the Holy Ghost. Come on, we just need a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Lord, let your fire fall on this church. Lord, let your fire fall on my life. Let your fire fall every time we come together. Let there be a demonstration of your spirit. Amen. Healings, miracles, deliverance, baptisms, the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, the fire of Pentecost. Come on. We need that demonstration when we come together. And if we pray for it, He will come. If we worship Him, He will show up. If we submit to Him, He will move among us. I firmly believe God is looking for people and looking for churches where He will be allowed to operate. I also believe there's some churches where He's not even welcome in. 
They love him, but they don't accommodate him. We want him, but we don't make room for him. We ask him to heal us, but we don't, we're not comfortable with unorthodox ways. We've got to let the Holy Spirit demonstrate his power. I've been talking, Daniel and Clarissa have been telling us about how God's been moving upstairs with our children, amen. Our chi- aren't you thankful for children that want God in their life, that want God working in their lives? Amen. I love it, I love it, I love it. It's so powerful when God shows up. Lives being changed. People getting healed. People being delivered. People being baptized. People being set free from addictions. People getting filled with the baptism of the Spirit. Paul said this gospel is a gospel of demonstration. Everybody say demonstration. Did you know when Jesus died, it was dramatic? It was a demonstration. It was not a death in the corner of a room somewhere in a remote village. Amen. No, when Jesus died, it was God manifesting the flesh, being crucified between two thieves. And when he died, the Bible says the earth shook. It got dark. Hallelujah. In the middle of the day, people trembled at the sight. Amen. This was a gospel of demonstration. When he was buried, everybody say he was buried. It was dramatic. They went to find him. They went to the tomb. The stone had been rolled away. When he rose again, he turned the world upside down. Amen. His resurrection established a new covenant and fulfilled all kinds of prophecies. It swung the doors of salvation wide open to each of us. Hear me. The gospel is not a gospel of fancy words. It's a gospel of demonstration. What Jesus did was more than just what he said. Amen. When I got saved, hear me, it was a transformation. Come on, it was a turnaround. How many of you remember the day the Lord set you free? How many of you are still excited about the day that the Lord set you free? Because I'm going to tell you right now, when I was lost in sin, I needed more than a counselor. I needed more than a self-help group. I needed more than an inspirational book. I needed more than my small group. You know what I needed? The power of God in my life. Breaking chains. Setting me free. Tearing down strongholds. We need that power. Jesus personified this. Not only did he teach and preach in ways people could understand, hear me, but he demonstrated the power of God in ways they could see. Amen. He changed the water to wine. He healed the nobleman's son. He provided a great catch of fish when they weren't catching any fish. He delivered a demoniac in the synagogue. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. He cleansed the leper. He healed the man with palsy. He healed the man with the withered hand. He healed lepers. Come on, he healed the blind. He healed the deaf. He healed the centurion servant. He could even stop storms, amen. He could speak to the wind and the waves and they would obey him, amen. It was a powerful demonstration of the power of God. Everywhere he went, everything he did was a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. Power over nature, power over spirits, power over demons, power over darkness, power over sickness, power over tradition, power over the hypocrites, power over religion, power over the status quo. Everywhere he went, a demonstration of the Spirit. Folks, hear me. This is a gospel of demonstration. And we can never program out the presence of God from our midst. We serve a God of demonstration. 
Now, I'll tell you this. When you make room for God, can I tell you, sometimes it gets a little messy. Sometimes it gets a little complicated, amen? When you turn on the fire, come on, sometimes the bugs show up too, amen? Right? But we're okay with that because I want to tell you right now, I'd a whole lot rather have a little bit of wildfire than a whole bunch of dead, dry, religious experiences. Can I just take a poll? How many of you are tired of dead, dry church? Come on, how many of you are glad that when the Lord saved you, He saved you and He set you on the right path? I had a first-time first time guest come, to, come up to me after the 9 o'clock service. Never been to our church before. And they said, you know what? Thanks for keeping me engaged. I said, thank you. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, I've been to so many churches that are so dead and so dry and so boring that you can't feel anything. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I will be back. See, he may not even know what he's looking for. He may not even know what it was that kept him engaged. But I think we all know what that is, amen? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it takes a demonstration for people to know what they need. When I was in college, I sold rainbow vacuum cleaners. Anybody know what a rainbow vacuum cleaner is? God bless you. You still got one? Amen. I bet you're still paying interest on that thing. Amen. (laughs) Rainbow vacuum cleaners. I sold them in 1988. They cost $1,000 in 1988. I don't even know what that would be with inflation today. But let me tell you something. There's only one way you sell a $1,000 vacuum cleaner in 1988. A demonstration. How many of y'all remember the days when people used to come to your house selling everything? I remember when I was young, I grew up in my house. Now, we didn't have very much money, so you know what we did for entertainment? We invited people to the house to try to sell us stuff. Hey, until you've seen a man with a Jinsu knife set, I mean, I mean, there's nothing more entertaining. Big old pots and pans, frying all kinds of stuff. You know you're going to get some free food. You know you're going to see all kinds of stuff that you probably ain't going to buy, amen. My dad loved knives. We had so many guys trying to sell us Cutco knives, amen. I I felt sorry for those guys. Demonstration. But let me tell you what always did the trick for the rainbow vacuum cleaners. You know what it was? We had a little flip notebook. We had the vacuum cleaners. We'd fill them up with water. We'd show them all this stuff. Let me tell you what always sold the deal. When I would flip the page and there was a giant 8.5 by 11 picture of a dust mite. If you've never seen a dust mite blown up, it looks like the most vicious animal you've ever seen in the face of the earth. It makes all the horror movies pale in comparison. And inevitably, the ladies would say, oh, my Lord, what is that? I said, that's a dust mite, and there's thousands of them in your sheets right now. Where do I sign? Where do I sign? Hear me, folks. There's something powerful about a demonstration. The demonstration is sometimes what it causes you to realize what you really need. I remember when my wife, we went and bought a car about five years ago. We've been driving this car. She had been driving a minivan for 16 years. Same minivan. She was ready for a car. And your boy had stretched it out as long as I could, amen? It was finally time. But guess what we did when we went to the car lot? We didn't just go, you know what, that one looks good. We got in it and we took a test drive. We crunched the numbers. We did everything. But let me tell you what sold us on the car. The minute she slid into the seat, that warm seat, 
And she still talks about it five years later, the heated steering wheel. I don't need, I got gloves for that, amen? But she refuses to wear gloves because she wants to feel that heated steering wheel. See, the demonstration sold us on what we probably didn't need, but really we just wanted, right? Let me tell you what some people are looking for. They don't know what they're looking for. They just know their life is empty. They just know they're tired of being depressed. They just know that they wish their marriage wasn't so jacked up. They know they wish their kids weren't so rebellious and hateful. They know that their life is, they're tired of being addicted. They're tired of being an alcoholic. Come on, somebody. They're tired of all the mess in their life. They don't even know what the answer is. But they're also tired of going to churches and nobody's showing them the way to be set free. And can I tell you something that I know? That when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Now, I don't, I don't mean to fly in the face of any philosophies out there, but here's what I believe. I don't believe once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. I don't believe that, amen. And I actually had somebody come up to me after I said that in the first place. He says, what did you mean by that? Because when I go to, and I won't say the name of the group, I always say, I said, well, you know what? You need to change the way you think. Because here's what I know. I am never going to be defined by my worst moment. And you shouldn't be either. Oh, Holy Ghost. Because when the Lord set me free, he set me free indeed. Come on. Come on. When he made me a new creature, he made me a new creature in Christ. Come on. I'm not once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. I'm not once an addict, always an addict. I'm not once an adulterer, always an adulterer. Come on, son. When Jesus changes your life, he sets you on a path, and we've got to make room for the demonstration of his power in our lives. Now, that doesn't mean you won't have a propensity towards certain weakness in your, in your life. That doesn't mean you may not struggle. You may struggle with certain things the rest of your life. That does not mean that's who you are. That does not mean that's what you're destined to be. So can I, I'm just, I know I'm meddling now. I'm out of my nose. Somebody, you need to quit saying, I'm an alcoholic who's been sober for so many years. At some point, you need to accept the fact, you know, guess what? That no longer has a hold on me in my life. I've been set free. Come on, I'm no longer a pothead. I'm no longer a drug addict. I'm no longer an adulterer. I'm no longer a thief or a liar. Come on, I've been set free by the power of Jesus. Somebody who's been set free ought to give him a praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 You may say, Pastor, I don't agree with that. That might be why you're still struggling. Because nobody's putting that back on my back anymore. Nobody's going to put the identity of who I was back on me anymore. Amen. You don't have that control over me. The devil doesn't have that control over me. I am a child of God. Hallelujah. You know what you need to do? You need to tell the devil he's a liar. You need to tell all the haters you don't know me like God knows me. You need to tell everybody who doesn't see you the way you ought to be. Say, I'm not what I used to be, but thank God. He's still still working on me. Power. 
Power. Power. Lord, I need your power in my life. I need your power in my life. I want the praise team to come on up. The book of Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles. Did you notice that? Demonstration. It's not called the theories of the apostles, the debates of the apostles, the boring lectures of the apostles, the dead, dried up church services of the apostles. No, it's the acts or the actions of the apostles. And hear me, if we really are going to be a book of Acts church, we need to see demonstration like they saw in the book of Acts. Amen. Come on, because it didn't die with the apostles. It didn't die in the days of Jesus. Come on. It did not die. Come on, we ought to be seeing it. We ought to see the day of Pentecost, and we've seen it. We ought to see lame people being healed, like the lame man being healed at the gate beautiful. The apostle Peter was delivered out of prison by an angel when the church prayed. Philip planted a church in Samaria. The Ethiopian eunuch was saved. The miracles that were performed by Peter and Joppa. Tabitha being raised from the dead. I could go on and on and on and on about what happened in Acts chapters 1 through 28. You know what we need? We need to become Acts chapter 29. There is no Acts chapter 29 if you don't know that. We are Acts 29. We are Acts 30. We are Acts 31, 32, 33. We are the stories that have not yet been written when we allow the power of God to work in our midst. Now, I'm not just talking about church services, but I'm talking about, well, I want you to stand with me all over this house. You need to set God free in your life. Woo, Holy Ghost. You need to set God free in your life. You need to let Him out of your religious box that you've kept Him in. You need to imagine what God can do if you can believe Him for anything in your life. You need to re-embrace some of the promises that God gave you years ago. How many of you still remember the moment you got saved? I remember it well. Oh, I remember it so well. And you know what's kept me going all these years? The power of the Holy Spirit. The demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not as spiritual as some of y'all. I can't just rely on what I got in 1982. And it'd still be good enough for today. I would have quit this game a long time ago. And I also don't know about you, but I always know when I haven't been praying like I should. You know why? I start getting grouchy. I start getting carnal. I start getting a bad attitude. I just kind of get out. And so you know what I know? I always, I know when I need to do it. I just need to spend some time with Jesus. Until he hits the Holy Ghost reset button in my heart. And kind of gets me right back on that path. You know what we need? We need to set God free in our lives. Some of you, it's been a long time. If you're Holy Spirit baptized, it's been a long time since you've spoken in time. You need to just pray and let the Spirit flow in your life. Some of you, you stop believing God for the impossible in your life. Some of you, hear me, God wants you to use, God wants to use you. I don't know why I'm, wants to use some of you in the gift of healing. Where you can go and pray with authority in the name of Jesus and see people healed by the power of God. My grandfather, I won't go into all this, but my grandfather, I can't tell you the number of times. 
And my grandfather was a simple man that loved Jesus. Pastored a country church. Pastored several country churches. One here in Beaverdam. Pastored in Charlottesville. Pastored in Lebanon and Southwest Virginia. And there's probably places he's been. I don't even remember. He pastored in Glen Allen. But I remember many, many times my grandfather would come and pray simple prayers over people. They would be healed immediately. I mean, it just happened over and over and over. Almost to the point where if you were sick, you were calling Nathan Pulling's phone. And my man would have to get up and drive that little old mail truck that he drove. He wasn't a mailman. He bought some used mail truck. It was the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. And he'd come and he would pray for you. It didn't matter what time. You know why? The demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's times when I wish so bad we got such a pretty building. We got lights. We got great music. We got, look at me. Ooh, look at him preaching wireless mic. You know what I wish sometimes? I just wish for the simplicity of bearing your face in the altar and praying until the power overwhelms you. Lord, we give you freedom to move. We ask you to move that way in our midst. Here's what I want to do. We're going to close this altar. I was joking about the cold water, but if you want to be baptized, we'll baptize you today. Right over there where that gentleman is, if you'll go to that room over there, we'll baptize you today. But I'm going to open up this altar. Here's what I want to do. I want to invite you to step out from where you are, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey. Some of you need to repent of your sins for the very first time. God, I'm sorry. That's as simple as it gets. If it comes from the heart, that's all it takes. I'm sorry, Lord. Would you please forgive me of my sins? And I invite you to lead in my life. That's where you need to begin. Others, you've already prayed that prayer. You've already done that. You might need to say, Lord, I just need you to help me, God. I need you to baptize me with your spirit. I need you to help me get back on the right track. But what what I want all of us to do is say, Lord, we give you permission to move. Here's what I know. God is a gentleman. He doesn't need our permission to move. But He chooses to operate that way. If we make room for His Spirit, He will move. And some of you right now, you need to say, you know what, Lord? Come on, we're still in February. God, I want 2024 to be the year. I want 2024 to be the year that my family gets set free. I want 2024 to be the year that I learn to walk in the Spirit and not the flesh. I want this year to be the year that I learn, God, to take every step that you want me to take. And, God, that I follow your leading and I follow your direction all the days of my life. So I invite you to come right now. Would you step out from where you are? God, I want a demonstration of Holy Spirit power in my life. God, I want to operate in the gifts. God, I want to be the man of God you've called me to be. I want to have a sanctified marriage, God. God, I want to have a pure thought life. God, I want to break this cycle of addiction once and for all. God, I'm tired of living in an identity crisis. I'm no longer going to define myself as an alcoholic or as a drug addict or as a failure. God, I reject those labels in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. He's doing His work. That's it, God. I thank you today. I thank you today. I thank you today. Come on, as the team begins to sing, I want you to just cry out to God. Lord, I thank you. Come 
on, that's it, all over this house. Holy Spirit. Do your work, Lord. Do your work, Lord.
one brave soul getting ready to get baptized in that cold water. Come on, to God be the glory. If you want to join her, go right ahead. We'll baptize you today. Amen. Now, this water's cold, y'all. Come on, let's pray for her. She said she didn't care. She wanted to be baptized today. Hallelujah. We're going to do it quick. Bless her heart. so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also, take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.